Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're in Joshua chapter 14. We're continuing on with the division of the land. And now in chapter 14, as we begin, we get to the nine and a half tribes properly within the land of Canaan and the beginning of the division of their land, uh, according to Joshua and Eliezer, the high priest. So let's read the first few verses of Joshua 14, make a few comments and continue on. Joshua chapter 14 and verse 1. Now these are the territories which the sons of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the households of the tribes of the sons of Israel apportioned to them for an inheritance by the lot of their inheritance as the Lord commanded through Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe beyond the Jordan, But he did not give an inheritance to the Levites among them, for the sons of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they did not give a portion to the Levites in the land, except cities to live in with their pasture lands for their livestock and for their property. Thus the sons of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded Moses, and they divided the land." Now, I take these first five verses as sort of a summary statement of chapters 14, really through 19. So the next several chapters and these five verses act as an introduction and something of a summary that what's occurring now is that all of the people have gathered back together again. We'll find out that uh, this is ultimately done at Shiloh, where the land is divided up. Um, It is apportioned off by lot to each tribe. So uh, the lot, again, was uh, in the eyes of the world around the people of Israel at this time, sort of a, a game of chance, wherever the die will fall, that sort of mentality. But of course, in the Uh, biblical worldview, there is no such thing as chance. God sovereignly orchestrates and oversees all things, even the casting of the lots. And here, when the lots are cast, it is to give inheritance, specific territories, to the particular tribes. So as the lot is cast, uh, the geographical territories, the specific cities are apportioned off to uh, the different tribes and they receive those territories. It would have been in many ways for them like winning the lottery, uh, coming into their inheritance for the first time, being able to settle in these specific areas and territories. A couple notes are made in these five verses. So this is done for nine and a half tribes. Again, the reason for that is because two and a half of the tribes had already been given territory to the eastern side of the Jordan River. The tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh settled on the eastern side. Their fighting warriors had gone in to help conquer the land of Canaan, but now, as the conquest is finished, they're returning to their lands on the eastern side of the Jordan. So nine and a half tribes 
uh, remain to inherit their territory. Joseph is really uh, divided up into his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, Manasseh was the older son, and yet Ephraim received uh, the blessing from Jacob. Uh, the Levites do not receive land as an inheritance. They are given cities in which their people may dwell. But the reason why they are not given territory is because they are to serve the Lord in the tabernacle and with the uh, tabernacle system. So they are to go up to Shiloh. Later on, they'll go up to the city of Jerusalem to serve in the tabernacle and then later on in the temple itself. The Lord himself is their inheritance, according to the text. He is their territory, so to speak. So they're given places to dwell within each of these other territories and other tribes, but they do not have a specific territory designated for themselves. So all of this is uh, given to us in the first five verses of verse 14. And then in verses six and following, we have uh, maybe one other loose end that's being brought together before uh, the rest of the land is divided up. And so as we start reading in verse 6, we read, Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Gilgal. Uh, Gilgal, again, was the camp where they were uh, operating from near the city of Jericho, the place that they had crossed over the Jordan River to the western side of the Jordan River and established their camp, the place that they resided during the seven years of conquest. So they're coming near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. What is he talking about here? If you were to go back to Numbers chapter 13 and 14, you'll remember the incident where Moses sends out 12 spies into the land of Canaan to spy out the land. And when they come back to Moses and the people of Israel to give their report, 10 of those spies say, it's a great land, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, but there are enormous giant men living in the land who are warlike and they have cities with massive walls and fortifications. There's no way we can take this territory. Let's turn back around. We'll go back to Egypt. We'll beg for the Pharaoh to take us back as slaves. There were only two spies, Joshua, the son of Nun, the hero of the, the book of Joshua, and Caleb, the son of Japuna, who's given here. Those two spies told the entire group of people, yes, it's going to be difficult in a sense, uh, but the Lord is going to help us. We need to put our trust in him. We can surely go up and conquer the land if the Lord is for us. Well, the majority of the people listened to the 10 spies and wanted to return to Egypt. And the Lord uh, viewed this as a faithless act. And so he cursed the people in the wilderness. Everyone over the age of 20 years was to die in the wilderness because of their faithlessness uh, here. Only Joshua and Caleb were permitted uh, as older men at the time to enter into the land. 
And so Caleb is referring to this uh, incident here where because of his faithfulness to the Lord, he was going to receive an inheritance. So he says again in verse 6, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, The land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. There's a story of uh, Winston Churchill during the Second World War with the Germans uh, knocking at the door of Great Britain. Churchill took over leadership for the entire British Empire. He became prime minister on May 14th of 1940, and his first address to the House of Commons uh, was a difficult one. This is what he had to say. I would say to the House, as I said to those who have joined this government, I have nothing to offer but blood toil, tears, and sweat. Churchill knew that it was not going to be a good time going forward. Caleb, here in Joshua, in the same way, back during the time of Moses, realized that what lied ahead for the people of Israel was not all peaches and cream. It was going to be difficult to conquer the land. And yet he saw the power of the Lord and what he had done in helping Israel cross the Red Sea, leading them through the land and out of Egypt. And he had faith and confidence and trust that the Lord who did that, the same God, could bring the people into the land of Canaan and give them that land. Churchill went on to uh, say, We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. He would uh, say later on, uh, If we can stand up to Hitler... All Europe may be freed and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a dark new age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. It was largely because of Churchill's strong leadership that the people of Great Britain rallied around him and went forward to uh, battle in enduring the attacks of uh, the Nazi regime uh, for the next several years after this uh, until the war was ultimately ended. Uh, Churchill faced a very, very difficult situation, but did it with courageous leadership. Here in Joshua chapter 14, Caleb demonstrates not only faithfulness to the Lord as he was a spy uh, in Numbers chapters 13 and 14, but now 
as we come to uh, Joshua 14 and verse 10, we're going to see just what kind of a courageous leader this individual was. So Caleb has told us in verses 7 through 9 what Moses said to him, what Moses promised to him. And in verse 10, he says, Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. How do you like that for an 85-year-old man to say? As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke to you on that day, for you heard on that day that the Anakim were there. Now these were giants living in the land with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. What's going on here is that Caleb has uh, bottling up in his mind and in his heart for about 45 years uh, just what is being presented to the people of Israel at the time of the spies as the reason why they shouldn't go up and go in. There are giants living in massive cities, and it will be impossible to defeat them. And I think on that day, when, when Caleb heard that report from the ten men, he thought to himself, with the Lord's help, I can do it. And all of this he kept in the back of his mind. And now, as the land is finally being possessed, he has uh, asked of Joshua to give him the very cities that the ten spies said would never be taken. They would be impossible to take. And Caleb asks for perhaps the most difficult territories to conquer in all of the land of Israel, territories that would have had giants living in them, massive, uh, impregnable city walls. And, and Caleb asks Joshua if he could go out and conquer those cities and have them as his inheritance. I think this demonstrates courageousness on the part of Caleb for certain, but also a, a complete trust in the Lord and what he can do through his might. We'll find out next time just what the Lord accomplishes. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.